That goose is a terrorist. Hello and welcome to Chaotic Creations, a podcast where we take weird prompts and make weird Dungeons & Dragons characters. I'm Harper, your lawful nerdy paladin. And I'm Darby, your chaotic tired bard. And welcome to our 10th episode. Darby, how do you feel that we've been doing this for 10 weeks? It kind of boggles my mind, honestly, because in quarantine, every day sort of feels like a bajillion weeks and then simultaneously every month is only two days long. So, (laughs) you know, being able to look back at something that is hard evidence of time passing is crazy because also this is like a project that you and I conceived of in August and now we're in November with the following that we have. It still boggles my mind. Yes, thank you so much to everyone who has been listening to our podcast. And let me tell you, we have more exciting things coming for you to listen to. For instance, Darby is going to be joining a weekly Vampire the Masquerade stream on the Critical Mrs. Twitch channel. Yes, I'm very excited to be a part of this dream. The Vampire the Masquerade system is very angsty, living out my teenage dreams of being a vampire. My character's name is Minerva, and she'll be in the Tremere clan, which means she's going to be a huge nerd, which is (laughs) so different than me (laughs) in my real life. (laughs) That's right. So you can catch Darby every Wednesday night at 5 Pacific Standard Time on the Critical Mrs. Twitch channel. We also, both of us, appeared on the Dads and Dragons podcast this week. You can hear the episode with both of us in their feed. Yeah, we talked about what our dream tables if we were DMing both like our shared table and our own DM tables, which, um, you know, kind of gives a good taste as to what our styles would be. (laughs) Yep. The dads were so great. We loved being on their podcasts. So if you like listening to us, go ahead and throw them some support on that episode as well and give them a listen. And lastly, Darby and I have both been invited to play in the Cancer Roll Dice charity stream happening from November 26th through November 29th. Cancer Roll Dice is a yearly streaming event that's dedicated to fundraising for the fight against cancer. We're inviting everyone to come watch us and all the other cast members and dungeon masters who are going to be playing critically hit a disease that has affected so many. All the donations are going to go directly to Fuck Cancer, which is a U.S. and Canadian charity dedicated to preventing, detecting, and defeating cancer. You can find more information about the charity Fuck Cancer on their website at letsfcancer.com. And you can watch the charity stream on the Cancer Roll Dice 2020 Twitch channel. Yes, Harper is going to be playing in the Henshin Heroes system based on Super Sentai Friday the 27th, 9am Pacific Standard Time. And I will be playing using the Tidebreaker system on Sunday the 29th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you can't make either Harper or my time, tune in to the Twitch stream anyways, because there's a lot of really cool systems that they're playing in and a lot of really cool people participating in it. And it's for a good cause. Yes, it is. But before that, Darby, we have an episode to get to today and it is my turn to prompt you. Very exciting. It feels like it's been ages since (laughs) you prompted me last. So without further ado, Let's get into this week's episode. So, Darby, it has been getting colder. It's getting into the colder weather up here in the Northern Hemisphere. 
And so I would like you to create a character that is very well versed in cold weather. I would like you to make me a druid who is Circle of the Arctic. So Circle of the Land with the Arctic focus. Okay. I'm going to leave everything else about the character up to you. Excellent. Okay. Is there a idea for a race that stands out to you? Oh, yes. Really? What are you thinking? Fire Genasi. <laughs> okay, do tell. Why a fire genasi? Think of people who live in like colder climes, especially thinking like the Arctic. You want to bundle up. And animals that live in like the Arctic areas often have thick fur or blubber of some kind in order to insulate their body and keep themselves warm. Which of the D&D races is naturally warm, if not the fire genasi? I mean, that is a good point. My rationale may not be correct, but <laughs> it is funny. I mean, I don't think that being made of fire necessarily helps you resist the cold, but I do think it would help you definitely be warm. Yeah. Okay. I'm into it. A fire genasi druid who just happens to live in the Arctic. That's my rationale. <laughs> All right. So do you want to go ahead and roll some stats for this character? Heck yes. And while Darby rolls stats, let me just remind all of you listening how we roll stats here on Chaotic Creations. We like to let the dice decide. So we roll 4d6, and you can re-roll any ones that you get. You take the three highest numbers, you add them together, and that's stat. And you do that for all six of your stats. It's, like, not bad. I rolled really well for one stat and pretty average for the rest. Okay, so let's hear it. I got a 14, a 15, an 11, a 14, an 11, and an 18. I mean, that doesn't sound at all average to me. That sounds like a pretty spanking good character. Two 11s and two 14s is pretty funky. 14 is not that average of a number when you think about it in the grand scheme. I suppose. I just think it's low. (laughs) And knowing that you're going to be playing a fire genasi, all genasi have their constitution score increased by two, but then fire genasi have their intelligence score go up by one. Mm -hmm. And as a druid, you're going to want wisdom to be your highest stat. So that is an 18 for wisdom. I'm probably going to put an 11 in intelligence. All right, that'll bump it up to a 12. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make dexterity 15. Khan will have one of the 14s. So it'll bump up to a 16. Okay. And then strength and charisma. Is this a stronger druid or a more charismatic druid? I think a more charismatic druid. Mm, actually. If you're living in the Arctic, probably want to be stronger. All right. So that last 14 is going to go in strength and the 11 goes in charisma. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So right now the stat breakdown is a 14 in strength, 15 in dexterity, a 16 in constitution, a 12 intelligence, an 18 wisdom, and 11 charisma. Still think this sounds like an average character? Well, now it sounds less average, but just <laughs> the two 11s, it's just... You know, you have to be just okay at some things. Otherwise, the role-playing is no fun. Yeah, no, no, I know. So we know that we're going to do Circle of Land. Let's talk a little about what Circle of Land gives you. So first off, you get a bonus cantrip at second level. Yes, you do. And I already have a cantrip in mind for this druid. Do tell. In a colder climb, you want to be able to quickly create a source of warmth. So I think it'd be both practical and very funny to have create bonfire as their cantrip. (laughs) I think it's very funny that you chose to be a fire genasi because you wanted to stay warm in the Arctic. And now you want to be able to create bonfires to stay warm in the Arctic. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being warmer. You can always get warmer 
in the Arctic, but not too warm, I think. Like, I don't think there is a too warm in the Arctic. I mean, there definitely is, and we're rapidly approaching it, but that's... That is true. We're very quickly reaching too warm in the Arctic. You know what? Maybe this fire genasi is, like, an eco-activist. I was going to say eco-terrorist, but eco-activist sounds nicer. (laughs) I mean, I suppose... Their wild shape has to exclusively be Arctic animals. Like, this is like Snowbird from the Marvel Universe. Snowbird was one of the Canadian Avengers, essentially, and she could turn into any Arctic animal or Canadian animal and only these animals. That is so cool and so extra. It's also very niche. Instead of turning into a fox, they're an Arctic fox. Instead of turning into a bear, they are a polar bear, you know? I love it. And only these things. <laughs> you know, that does raise the question because I'm pretty sure that the character you mentioned, what was her name? Snowbird. I'm pretty sure that means that Snowbird could turn into a Canada goose. Are there Canada geese in Dungeons and Dragons? Because Canada doesn't exist. That's true. There's a lot of creatures that also, like, I was about to say, instead of a reef shark, you're a Greenland shark, but there might not be a Greenland Yeah, what do we do about those species that are named after countries? Cold goose. (laughs) I would say asshole goose, but all geese are assholes. The true horror game of the season is Untitled Goose Game. (laughs) I have still never played that game. Oh my god, it's so good, Harper. (laughs) Talk about on brand. Untitled Goose Game is just chaos. Maybe this fire genasi is that goose. But like a Canada goose. Oh my god, they have a little red ribbon tied around their neck. And they have a bell, maybe, as their spellcasting focus. It's just like a bell that they ring. Oh my gosh. I think to just retain some of the flavor of being a fire genasi when wild shaping, whatever the animal is would have a flame-looking pattern on it. It's the Arctic version, but like red. Which means the fox just looks like a normal fox. (laughs) And it's just a red Canada goose. Yeah, like a red Greenland shark. I mean, I know that this druid will not be able to wild shape into a goose until level eight. I think that goose game is the energy we're going for with this character now. Just unfiltered chaos and rage? Yeah. They'll hold a knife in their teeth. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know what? Because it's a druid, I think this could work. Is this fire genasi's name Goose? It is now. (laughs) All right. Goose the fire genasi druid. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I like the idea that in the future, when their party member is talking to them and saying goose and they're wild shaped as a goose, everyone's like, Why are you talking to that goose? And everyone's like, Oh, well, this is goose. And they're like, Creative name for your pet, bro. Duck, duck, goose. <laughs> the other party members need to be named duck. There's at least one party member named Duck. Yes, that's that's a requirement, no matter what happens. All right, so what else do you get as Circle of the Land? You get natural recovery. So starting at second level, during your short rest, you can recover expended spell slots, essentially. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, which I'm realizing would be an incredibly useful ability for Mindru to have, but she doesn't have it, so... (laughs) No, because you like that flavor. Yeah, the flavor of the Feywild. So as a fourth level druid, Goose is going to be able to recover two levels worth of spell slots. So it could be one second level spell or two first level spells. 
that's a pretty useful ability because if you run out of spell slots in the middle of the day, it's kind of hard to deal as a spell casting class. Yeah. So think about it. You take your short rest and as a druid, as, when you take your short rest, you can recover your wild shapes and also as circle of the land, you can recover some of your spell slots. Yeah. So you're basically as a druid ready to go again after sitting down for 30 minutes. That, you know, that kind of hurts. <laughs> <laughs> So the thing about being Circle of the Land is that you get to pick a particular environment. And we've already chosen Arctic because it's getting into those wintry months. So we should think about that. Mm -hmm. And you get certain spells based on what terrain you pick. That you do. So for Arctic, as third level druid, you'll have hold person and spike growth. Spike. I assume <laughs> spike growth is brutal. I love I assume spike hold growth. person because it's so cold that you just like freeze up and can't move. Yeah. The spike growth surprises me, but also kind of makes sense because it does make it painfully difficult terrain to pass through, which I assume walking through snow is painful. If you're not properly equipped, indeed it is. I would say that it even leads to what feels like shooting pains, which could very well be what spikes feel like. I don't know. I've never had the necessity of walking through snow without proper equipment. I've never walked through snow. Yes, Darby grew up in Southern California. I grew up spending a good chunk of my time on a mountain, but always with proper equipment. Yes. Can you tell I've never left Southern California? <laughs> it's very evident in the everything about you. Mm -hmm. In that I'm cold when it's only 60 degrees outside? Yeah, it took it getting down to 40 degrees for me to be like, ooh, a little chilly outside. I think the circle spells are pretty, you know, on point. And I personally love spike growth. In the future, you'll be able to get more spells that have more of the cold flavor, like Sleet Storm and Ice Storm and Cone of Cold, but those are all higher level spells, so you'll get those later. Right now, Goose is a wee... I don't even know what... An, an ember? A spark? A wee honkling. Yeah. <laughs> a gosling. That's that's what it's called, a baby goose. Orion! Gosling. What? Orion Gosling. Orion... Oh, uh, haha. I mean, that fits with the Canadian flavor. It does. Do you want to rename this character Orion Gosling? Uh-huh. Okay, we're doing it. I want to spell Gosling like goose, though. Yeah, G-O-S-L-I-N-G. No, like G-O-O-S-E-L-I-N-G. <laughs> That's gooseling. That's not a word. Yes, it is now. So, Orion Gooseling. Which I find very funny because Orion is like this mythological hunter and Orion, our Orion, is an eco-activist bordering on terrorist. Eco-terrorist. To the listener, if you've played Untitled Goose Game, you know that goose is a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have watched the first 15 minutes of a playthrough and the goose certainly terrorizes people. Oh, that goose is a straight up terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, honestly, having played the game to completion, that goose is a terrorist. <laughs> so keeping in mind Orion's background as a quasi-eco-terrorist, what background do you have in mind for this character? So I have a background in mind, automatically. It is from Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, it is the Gruul Anarch. So in the world of Ravnica, there are 10 different guilds which represent the different color combinations. And each of these guilds have different personalities. My personal favorite is Selesnya, which is green and white, and they're very much a hippie cult. Like, everyone belongs in Selesnya, like, everyone's gonna be friends, we're pacifists-ish, but if you piss us off, we will pass a fist through your face. <laughs> and so each of these guilds have different flavors. 
Gruel is essentially eco-terrorists. They believe that the wild is the path and that civilization is encroaching on what is true and good and that is nature being chaotic and dangerous and wild and free. And so in terms of magic colors, they are the red-green combination and they are all about big monsters and just smashing things. There is no hierarchy, like in a lot of the other guilds, there's like a guild leader that they look up to and a hierarchy established. Gruul doesn't really have that. They have like one person that they kind of look up to and the rest of it is just go hog wild, quite literally. <laughs> they are like ogres and giants and minotaurs and goblins and like all these kind of me smash sort of flavor. And apparently our little gosling is going to be joining these anarchs. Okay, I'm liking it. Yeah. So as an anarch, you'll get skill proficiencies in animal handling and athletics. Also tool proficiencies in an herbalism kit. And also another language. So I believe that as a, as a genasi, you know, common and primordial, which is the language of elementals. And then you'll get to choose either draconic, giant, goblin, or sylvan. I personally am drawn to giant just because when I think of Arctic, I think of quite literally just frozen tundras, but also thinking about Northern European countries where it's hills of giants sort of thing. Oh yeah, like the giants from Norse folklore. Yeah. I'm into it. Also just Greenland. I'm very drawn to like Greenland just because of the Greenland shark. I'm a big marine bio fan and those sharks are wicked cool. I mean, they're estimated to live between 300 to 500 years. All right. So giant it is. It actually says for me that I don't have, it gives me tool proficiency. It says choose a tool. So I might. Oh, I do believe that druid might give you proficiency in herbalism kits. Maybe we just pick a second tool then, because if you already have it from your class, if you already have the herbalism kit proficiency, you should be able to get another tool proficiency. I'm kind of drawn to a pipe, like a musical instrument. This is, again, mm -hmm. I'm being drawn. There is a type of singing that I cannot remember where it's from, but it's a it's like a herding song. It's like this high-pitched singing. Colning hauntingly beautiful and although singing is not literally one of the musical instruments i'd like to try to evoke that with some sort of wind instrument i think that could work i think maybe like a wooden flute of some kind yeah i'm thinking just a yeah just a flute so an herbalism kit and then also a flute mm -hmm. just for flavor scandinavian music form this character is definitely taking on a very norse vibe yeah everyone harper here before we keep going with the podcast just wanted to take a quick break and let you listen to a promo from our good friends over at goblets and gaze have you ever wanted a podcast that tackles the hard questions like why do wizards wear those pointy hats is it morally okay to burn your name into a table is there a difference between dead and never waking up well if you've ever wanted to know the answers to any of these questions then i have a podcast for you we are Goblets and Gaze, a bi-weekly Pathfinder 2E podcast. Join our cast of an angsty barbarian, a pyromaniac goblin, a girl whose family loved astrology a little too much, a cultist, and a hot topic reject as they journey to a lost city and try to keep a twink alive. Follow us all on your social media at Goblets and Gaze, join our Discord as well, and we hope to see you out there. Goodbye! Let's jump back over to Druid very quickly. So let's just round off your proficiencies in the Druid class. So you get to choose two from the following. 
Arcana, Insight, Medicine, Nature, Perception, Religion, and Survival. I'm thinking Perception is one of them, because whether this person is living in sort of a Northern European, Scandinavian area, where it's like cold and there's high mountains, but it's not necessarily just a blanketed white tundra. Or if they are living in that blanketed white tundra, you probably want to be able to be extremely perceptive in order to survive, being able to notice the predators sneaking up on you. I agree. And that word survive you just used, I think that survival is an absolute must for this character because in Anarch, you live outside of society. You are on your own. You have to figure out how to survive. That survival proficiency is going to be crucial. Mm-hmm. I think perception and survival, I think, are two crucial skills, which will be great with that 18 wisdom, that perception. That is true. We're going to round off the proficiencies, and let's jump back and look at more of the background features. So for the Anarch, you also get an expanded spell list. You have access up to second level spells, so you will get the following spells. You will get the cantrips, firebolt, and produce flame. You will get the first level spells, Compelled Duel, Speak with Animals, and Thunder Wave, and you will get the second level spells Beast Sense and Shatter. These are added to the spell list. Not automatically chosen. They're not automatically prepared, but they are added to your spell list if they're not there already. Mm -hmm. So you get those extra spells to choose from. I think the only ones that are not available already to the Druid class are Firebolt and Compelled Duel and maybe Shatter. Uh, definitely Firebolts, Compelled Duel, yeah, and Shatter, definitely. You were spot on with the money. I definitely knew about Compelled Duel because that is a paladin spell, and I know my paladins. And it does specifically say that you are fueled by the fire of rage burning in your heart, and your magic is accompanied by fiery effects, which is so accurate for this fire genasi. Mm-hmm. That gruel flavor will literally destroy parts of the city because they feel like it. I mean, that's what Nanarchist does. Let's talk about these suggested characteristics. Let's start with personality traits. Do any of these stand out to you? There is one that is very funny. Yeah, I think, I think I'm seeing it. It literally just says, Harag. I rarely form a coherent sentence and prefer to express myself by breaking things. I quite like that one. That is very funny. I don't know how it would fit in with a party, but we're not building a party. We're building a character. Yeah, I think I like Harag. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of torn between I scorn those who can't survive away from the comforts of the city, as opposed to, unlike people, the beasts of the wilds are friends who won't stab me in the back. Yeah, I kind of like that this character is a little bit of an arrogant butt. Yeah. So, like, I'm thinking one of the two. I'm leaning towards the beasts of the wilds of friends who won't stab me in the back, just because this is a druid, and they mm-hmm. will wild shape into creatures. So I think maybe they understand animals better because they can literally be an animal. <laughs> That's true. I'm wondering, though, because that kind of implies that one of the things that drove Orion to being the way that they are now is that they were stabbed in the back at some point by someone they thought was a friend. Maybe, or were raised to think that people will stab them in the back. It's like one of the two. One of the two. I'm kind of imagining Orion as being raised sort of this way. Maybe now Orion's completely on their own, away from like any person, but like they were sort of raised to be away from society, like kind of hermited, like people who choose to build cabins away from society and they're just like kind of grumpy and grouchy and they don't like talking to people very much. That's sort of (laughs) what I'm imagining that home life as. Okay, fair enough. 
And now, through a series of events, they're entirely on their own and don't trust anyone. Yeah. Spoiler warning for Korra. When Yakone had his bending taken away, he taught his sons to be hateful. That's true, yeah. I'm thinking of something like that. So maybe Orion Gosling's parents are the ones who something happened to them. Maybe Orion's not entirely clear on the details of what happened. Yeah. They're like, screw society. We are druid people. We are going one with the wild. Do not trust people. Do not trust society. They will stab you in the back for coin. Like, trust the wild. The wild ways are the best ways. That's kind of what I'm imagining. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. And maybe the reason why Orion is on their own now is maybe, I mean, like, eco-terrorists tend to not go over well with... The government? Yeah. So maybe the government finally tracked them down. Like, these are, like, notorious, like, eco-terrorists that had, like, secluded themselves in the wild, their natural territory, been able to hide, but were finally tracked down and captured. And now Orion's on their own. And I think that this leads directly into the ideal. I think that we have to pick anarchy. Yeah. So not, no person or law or custom can tell another what to do. It's peak chaotic energy, mm-hmm. which is what we're going for with this Orion character. Mm-hmm. And I think nature as well. We weren't born to be tamed or domesticated, so we shouldn't have to live that way. I quite like it. Yeah. I think that maybe Orion has at some point in their past had some experiences with society, but it's always gone over poorly. Like limited extremely limited and it's probably gone poorly because their parents haven't trained like society is a thing that you have to be raised in to understand what the expectations of you are so if a person is raised entirely outside of society they're not going to know the rules Mm -hmm. and i think especially orion would have been taught with hostile language you know like how people like pick up without even realizing it like words will have a certain weight to them Mm -hmm. in ways that sometimes you don't know but other people do and so orion would probably already just speak with like oh well you're just like weak-willed that way or something like that just like off-handed comments like that that people would just be like curious you're such a jerk what and like he's like he's just insulted when they're like you need to like calm down he's like how dare you yeah i would imagine that orion has never been taught to self-censor Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is something that, at least in American culture, we are very much taught to self-censor. I know that other cultures do that to a different extent, but for the most part, there's some self-censoring that has to go on in a society, and Orion has never, definitely never been taught that. Is there a particular bond that's really speaking to you right now? Personally, leaning towards my weapon is made from the first rack tusk I ever hunted. I'm thinking, because like the other ones are kind of related to like a clan. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. of Orion not necessarily having a clan, like having a creed. I agree with that. But I think part of his journey is there is no clan. It's just him by himself. I think so. Granted, I don't know what a rack tusk is. I've never played Magic the Gathering, but I imagine it's a walrus. Oh, it's more like a boar sort of thing. A boar, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, whatever it happens to be, their weapon is made from, like, the tusk of an animal that they hunted and killed. Yeah, and I'm thinking that especially if, like, their parents, like, helped, like, this was his first kill, and then his parents, like, helped him carve this weapon out of it, Mm -hmm. I think then it would have special significance. And maybe, like, you know, they carved things into it, like, decoratively, and it's something he made with his parents, and now that his parents have been taken away by the government, you know, Mm -hmm. 
special meaning. So I'm thinking... I think we're leaning more toward he pronouns for this character as well. I think we can just settle that now. Yeah. Okay. I quite like that. I like, especially with the parents now gone, the weapon mm-hmm. being that, like that last tie to the past. Mm-hmm. Because like the one of the cons of being raised outside of a society is that you don't really have a history to cling to. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of reminders of it. There's not a, a structure in place. So once you lose the people who raised you, you're kind of alone. Yeah, without without having a larger group around you, there is nothing. Well, maybe then we look at the flaws. I'm so convinced of my superiority over soft, civilized people that I will take great risks to prove it. That and I'm as stubborn as a battle boar, I think those two kind of sum up this sort of character that we created. I agree. Yeah, I think that especially when I think of Orion, who's lost the only family he's ever known, who was raised without any other connections to other people, I think of him as a person who's very reckless, who's like, I don't necessarily want to die, but there's not like I have a whole lot to live for. So I'm absolutely willing to risk my life. Yeah. Kind of whenever. Mm -hmm. I think so as well. I'm sort of leaning towards like they, he pronouns, just like alternating between them yeah whichever one yeah yeah i think that being raised outside society maybe means that there you don't have that firm construct of like what's a gender yeah at least by that society's standards anyways Mm -hmm. but yeah the only thing that they concern themselves with is protecting the wild that they have like grown up in maybe it's like a jungle book situation there's like a family of like a pack of wolves that they feel particularly close to I'm trying to think what in the Arctic would adopt a fire genasi? What animal would feel most close to that? Fox? Probably a fox, yeah. Bunch of foxes. They don't really travel in herds, but there are like litters of foxes. Yeah, or like wolves. I mean, honest, there's like wolves. Wolves are pack animals. Yeah, they're social. They'd adopt. All right, we'll go with wolf. Yeah. So like maybe they just have like a wolf family that they've Mm -hmm. created this bond with after after their family was captured. Well, I imagine that Orion has absolutely no idea what's happened to their parents. Yeah, they just know that they're gone. Kind of reminds me of Island of Blue Dolphins in a way. I don't know if you've ever... I did. I was just thinking about that book recently. I'm thinking less of like, I am baby raised by wolves and more like, maybe he found like an injured like wolf and took care of it. And then it sort of was like, you're cool. You're basically one of us. You literally can be one of us for an hour at a time at this point. So, you know, just, you know, go on, come on, come in with us. And that's sort of like, I think in the time between like, my parents are gone. I don't know what to do. Like, that's where he found comfort with, like, this wolf family. I think the last thing left to do then is to pick a feat for this character. And hear me out on this and tell me if you like it or not. Mm-hmm. I quite like thinking of the different ways that magic are practiced in Dungeons and Dragons world because they're very, like, the way that druids come by their magic and sorcerers come by their magic is very different from the ways that, say, wizards do. And there are certain kinds of magic that tend to be much more societally accepted mm-hmm. and understood. And I would think that maybe perhaps something to do with the parents' background and why they left society is because of the way that society views magic. So maybe something about their more animalistic and wild form of magic drove them out of society. And now they harbor a deep resentment for the more civilized way that magic is practiced in these cities. Mm -hmm. And they trained their child to become a mage slayer 
to take out those more civilized, poncy, snobbish wizards. So Mage Slayer would be that whenever a creature that's within five feet of you casts a spell, you can use a reaction to make a melee weapon attack against the creature. And when you damage a creature that's concentrating, it has disadvantage to maintain concentration. And you have advantage on saving throws against spells if the creature casting the spell is within five feet of you. Hmm. But that kind of is very dependent upon the parent's background. Yeah. I don't know. Let me take a look at some of the other feats. Because this is one I actually, like, don't have a feat in mind. I think that the other option that would make a lot of sense for this character, it would be the observant feat. Yeah. Because you get to increase that wisdom score, which is really good for a druid. And also... Reading lips is kind of an added bonus, but that plus five to passive perception and passive investigation would make a lot of sense for someone who needs to survive on their own. Yeah. They need to be able to notice things. Yeah, I think it might be observant. Having that high perception, especially when you get to keep that perception as an in your druid shape, in your wild shapes, being able to be as equal, if not betterly perceptive than your wolfish brethren, I think that's probably... Plus that wisdom score increase is just nice. Fair enough. I'll save that mage slayer for another day. Maybe you'll see it sometime soon. Who knows? <laughs> mm. I think I will pick the cantrips as the last thing, since those are the only things that will rigidly remain the same. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah. Immediately, I'm drawn to primal savagery. Of course. Yes. I personally love that cantrip. Really? I wish that more druids went the melee route, and I think that primal savagery really kind of lends itself to that. I'm thinking frostbite. Don't forget that we already said bonfire. Yes, bonfire is naturally already chosen. It's not like, oh, you can learn this one. It's like, you will have this cantrip chosen already. Oh, I see. All right. I might give them shillelagh. Okay. Keeping in line with that more martial flair. Yeah. Just like being able to use your spellcasting ability instead of your strength. Pretty nice. Especially as this druid is, they're not super weak, but they're definitely not the strongest. Yeah, like their wisdom is far, far better. And I think, yeah, keeping in line with the sort of melee aspect. And we've got the cold with the frostbite. I think this is kind of, that's, those are the cantrips I will go for. Ironically, two cantrips that are pretty standard for druids that I do not have on my own druid. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I think that's it for Orion Gosling. Yep. The Circle of Land Arctic Druid, who is an (laughs) eco-terrorist. I think that figuring out how this character would get along in a party would be a very fun dynamic to work through. The gruff, angry person who's just like, (laughs) everyone's like, I want to go find an inn to sleep in. And this person's like, ground is good enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Very uncompromising. Giving people the cold shoulder. That's all for this week. Be sure to join us next week for another Chaotic Creation. Chaotic Creations is created, produced, and hosted by Harper Hayes and Darby Pack. Editing is by Harper Hayes, and web design is by Darby Pack. The art is by Kiku Hughes, who you can find on Twitter at Kiku Hughes, and the music is by Kevin McLeod. You can find us online at chaoticpod.com. If you would like to chat with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at chaoticpod. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and tell your favorite nerdy friend about us. It's the best way to help us grow. 
Thanks for listening. <laughs>